Welcome back to another episode of Comedy's Dead. I'm Sandra. I'm your host. And we'll get right into it. Um, I had technical difficulties earlier. So anyways, it's nothing new. Um, I'm kind of Murphy's Law. So whatever. But if you're new to the show, um, I, I enjoy getting high. I like to smoke weed every now and then. Not very often. But I, I live in Hellscape, Indiana. And it's not legal here. So usually I go to Chicago and I buy weed. But currently... I'm broke and I just haven't been able to go. So I haven't had weed for months. And I luckily got my gay hairdresser to hook me up with some of his Muslim friends that sell weed. And the weed is really good. So I want to warn everybody that after it's not a laughing matter. I don't know why I'm laughing. Um, I'm just tired because it's late anyways. Um, after the attacks on October 7th, I decided to do, I don't know, research about everything that was going on over in Israel and the West Bank and Gaza. And I was somewhat familiar. I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, so I had plenty of Jewish friends. Um, so I knew a little bit about the situation. I gained even more knowledge in college, but I, I mean, I... I started researching this, and I, I I knew nothing. I knew nothing, okay? I, I mean, I was speechless with all the stuff that I learned and read about. So I, I have no other option but to talk about it and vent and get it off my chest because it, it's just really pissed me off. So I couldn't imagine being a Palestinian and actually going through all this. So anyways... I just want to give everyone a warning because I've been getting high and listening to podcasts with uh, former Al-Qaeda fighters. So strap in, folks, because this is not – I'll probably get canceled. But it's, it doesn't matter when you're at the bottom. I mean, what else could happen? Anyways, so – I want to start off by saying that, you know, usually I would listen to like a Barry Weiss podcast or read some free press articles that she posts on Twitter. And honestly, Barry, um, I probably won't be listening to any of your podcasts for a while or clicking on any of your new articles on the free press. Um, I am calling for a Barry Weiss uh, boycott. Um I'm, I honestly, look, I'm pissed. I'm sorry. As somebody who quit the New York Times because you felt that you weren't able to exercise your First Amendment right to free speech, um, but yet you, but yet you, you call people who criticize the state of Israel anti-Semitic and. For some odd reason now, whenever there's a pro-Palestinian protest and there's people in the streets chanting, you know, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And somehow that is anti-Semitic. Um, I, I don't I don't see how that works out. I'm sorry. I mean, the slogan doesn't even say anything about Israel. It doesn't mention the Jewish people. And I'm sorry, you're a journalist and you should know 
better than anybody that the Palestinians are anything but free. I mean, they are some of the most oppressed people on the planet, and yet the media is silence. I mean, I, I've, it's like crickets. I've never seen anything like this in my life, okay? I mean, I, I understood the illegal settlements in the West Bank. I knew the occupation. I knew the they didn't have freedom of movement. I knew a little bit, okay? I wasn't, like, blind to the situation. And I knew the IDF were assholes and would kill children and shoot anybody. I, I, I understood the what was going on. But I didn't know the history, okay? I didn't I, – I was I – was, no one, we don't learn this in school, okay? We didn't even learn this in college, all right? I'm sorry, but why are we not talking about how the state of Israel was established? How it actually became a state, a country? Because this stuff, I'm, I'm sorry, Barry, come on. The fact, first off, the fact that you as a journalist who prides yourself on freedom of speech and women's rights how you can be silent on the atrocities, the international failure that is going on in the West Bank and Gaza, the war crimes, and you say nothing. I mean, you talk about defending Israel, and yes, the citizens that live in Israel have a right to be defended. They deserve to be defended. And the Palestinians that are living in open-air prisons and the West Bank and Gaza also have a right to fight for their freedom because they can't leave, they can't move, they're just stuck there, okay? And they're now, what, three-fourth generation of just waiting to be carried out of Gaza or the West Bank in a body bag, and you say nothing? I'm sorry. I mean, you and I both know if you were born Palestinian, living in the West Bank, there is no way in hell you would have gotten your work permit. Or you wouldn't even have gotten a good conduct permit to get the damn work permit because you wouldn't be able to keep your mouth shut. You'd be on TikTok and Twitter and Facebook, whatever, saying, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And the IDF would have came, they would have taken your ass to jail, and then when you would have gotten out, they would have been like, oh, hell no, she can't get a work permit. They would have deported your ass to Gaza, and you'd be sucking Hamas dick right now. Yes, you would. You know you would. And you know what? You'd be happy to be sucking that terrorist dick because guess what? He wouldn't be one of those retards that they send to the front line. No, he would have came from, you know what, a somewhat educated family, you know, who probably used to have a job before the illegal occupation and blockade went into effect 16 years ago. But he would have managed to make it to, you know, the Gaza University, and he would have been probably brainwashed by Hamas, but hey, at least they're paying for his college and he's educated. And instead of sending him to the front lines, they're going to give him a camera and a computer and they're going to let him be a journalist and document all the war crimes that are going on around him. So at least he has a skill and maybe when the war is over, he might get to, you know, leave Gaza for the first time. So you're going to be excited to be with him because you want to be a journalist too. And one day you guys are going to be sitting in your little bomb shelter editing videos from, you know, all the, uh, the atrocities going on over there. And you know what? You're going to get horny. You're going to go down to suck his dick and then just, bam, you're vaporized by one of those missiles. So you're on my shit list for not even talking about what is going on in Gaza, okay?
Because I'm sorry, you know, I mean, you know that Israel was established by terrorists. You have to know. I know you know. There's no way you don't know. I mean, I, yeah, guys, did you not know? Israel was established by terrorist militias, the Igron and the Lehi. I'm not making this up, guys. They were terrorist organizations. The United States labeled them as terrorists. Britain labeled them as terrorists. Pretty much the entire international community labeled them as terrorists, except for the Soviet Union, who was funding the terrorist militias. Yes, guys, did you know that? It's the craziest thing. And when I mean terrorists, I mean it was a bloodbath. These people were savages. Yes, they all came from the Soviet Union or Belarus or Poland or the Eastern European states. They Many of them came from the gulags. Joseph Stalin would release them from the gulags and they would be able to walk down to Jerusalem and join a militia, militia and fight. There was a lot of that. A lot came from Belarus. Um, Joseph Stalin freed like 5,000 soldiers from a Polish forced prison camp and they all got to go fight in the militias. And I mean, just the irony of it all now, because I mean, these we'll get into that. I'm getting ahead of myself. But first, I want to talk about the savageness of these terrorist organizations. OK, they bombed the King, da the Egron. And this is very important, folks. Very important. They bombed the King David Hotel, killing hundreds of civilians and British police and Jewish civilians and Arab civilians. They bombed the British embassy in Rome. They went on terror raids in villages and killed innocent villagers. And then they would take captives and they would parade them around in the back of pickup trucks doing victory parades in the Jewish um, sectioned areas of well, Palestine, but what would soon be Israel. Um, they sent mail bombs to several different British, um, uh, I, I guess, like government officials in Britain. I mean, mail bomb, they made, they had bomb makers, okay? And there are two of these organizations. And I haven't even started talking about the uh, Haganah, Haganah or whatever, which was more of a legitimate army because they were part of the Jewish agency, which really wasn't wasn't much better than the Igron and the Lehi. But they weren't that bad. But yes, they, they did do preemptive strikes and they did kill villagers. But they were primarily more around to defend the Jewish kibbutzes and those farmlands but anyways so but they what else did they i mean they, 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 they bombed grocery stores several i mean they killed hundreds of people just bombing grocery stores they put bombs on trains and buses and killed civilians and this went on for like six or seven years guys before israel became a state this was all during the british mandate after world war one you know when the british made some pact with the arabs and said hey if you help us fight the Ottoman Empire, who had controlled Palestine for centuries, we'll let you take part of Palestine. I don't know what the deal was. But anyways, the British didn't keep their word. But it was honestly probably because they knew that 
the Soviet Union was trying to gain influence with all these militias that were killing and assassinating the British soldiers, the police, the civilians, and also the Palestinian civilians and the Jewish civilians. And when I mean fish, when I mean vicious, I mean, they, if you, if these militias, if you did not let your children join the militias, they would kill you. They would kill the parents. Okay. It was all like the way the Soviet Union worked. Okay. So that's how Israel became a state. Um, and this went on. Like I said, it went on for like six or seven years. I mean, they they would strap bombs to donkeys and leave the donkeys and the um, you know, like the town villages where pe- the markets, the vegetable markets, the the farmers markets. You know, it's the Fertile Crescent for Christ's sake. Okay, that's why people were migrating there, and they would blow the donkeys up and then innocent people. They blew up police stations. They're actually, did you know they're actually, the Igron, they are actually credited with the world's first truck bomb. Yes, they are. They made a bunch of explosives. They put it in a back of a truck and they drove it into, I don't know, it was some type of government building and blew it up. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what else to say other than the Jews started terrorists. They, 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 they were the first terrorists, okay? They were. I'm sorry. And you know what? I'm going on a rant here, but I don't care. I guarantee now now that I know what I know now, whenever I would hear people like make jokes about, oh, the Jews killed Princess Diana, I, I just thought they were crazy. But no. Oh, yes, they did. Oh, they definitely did. And it was not the first time they assassinated a British royalty. No, no, no. Did you know? Okay, so the leader of Igron... What is his name? Sorry, guys. I don't speak Hebrew. But, uh, um, hold on. What? Oh, okay. So the leader of Egron, Mitchum Begin, he was the leader of Egron, and he was the one that planted, or he was the one that planted the, and planned, planted and planned the King David Hotel bombing. Uh, that slaughtered hundreds of civilians. Um, he actually became the first, or he became the sixth prime minister of Israel. Yes, a prime minister. Yes, uh, and, and he was a wanted man for being a terrorist and killing hundreds of people. And if you think I'm making this up or being a conspiracy theorist, I'm not. I mean, you can. Well, one, it's just history, and two, you can read about it in his book, The Revolt. I mean, he didn't even apologize for it. No, 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 no. He, in the book, he talked about it. And all he had to say was, well, we warned them. No, what, what are you, Paul Revere's ride? No, you didn't, re, or you didn't um, uh, warn them. Sorry, I'm really tired, guys. Um, no, he didn't warn anybody. And what he's referring to is there was this guy, and this is hard for me to do because this is, all this information I have gathered is through the course of three weeks. And I didn't like, I didn't gather it all together. Like I would gather, uh, I learned about the militias and this and that. And then I learned about Joseph Stalin and the Soviet influence. After I learned about this guy named Kim Phillippe, he was a British uh, spy. I mean, he was, he was British and he was working in the M, is it M? I-6 or M-1-6? Anyways, it's like their CIA. It's like their top secret government organization that does spy work. Anyways, 
But um, and he was supposed to be spying on the Soviet Union and all the stuff they were doing and where they were trying to spread their influence. So he was in Israel a lot. Well, Palestine at the time, um, because a lot of uh, Jews were coming in from Eastern Europe and a lot of the Soviet Union and their satellite states. And plus, it was a British mandate. So he kind of had to be there. And but it turns out he was a double agent and he was actually passing secrets and British documents over to Joseph Stalin. So what he's referring to is the day before the King David bombing, he actually sent um, the British officials that were there, the police and head of the army and all that stuff that were staying there. He sent them on a wild goose chase to go chase down a fake terrorist attack that the Egron and the Lehigh were doing, but it was fake. It just got them out of the office. So that's not really warning them because uh, you still killed a bunch of civilians. I mean, who warned the civilians, you fucking asshole? Anyways, it's crazy. He became prime minister. He was the sixth prime minister. And then after he became prime minister, he uh, was given the Nobel Peace Prize. Yes, he was given the Nobel Peace Prize for pulling Israeli troops out of the Sinai Peninsula in Egypt. Um, and then after they gave him the Nobel Peace Prize, he went and he bombed uh, an Iraqi nuclear facility for nuclear energy that, that Iraq was building with Italy and France. Uh, he did something else after that. I kind of forget. But um, another... Another fun leader uh, by the name of Yitzhak uh, Shamar. He was actually a leader in the Igron as well, or maybe Lehi. I kind of forget. Um, but it doesn't matter because you know what he did? He actually became the seventh prime minister of Israel, but he actually assassinated uh, Britain's minister of state in the Middle East assassinated him totally killed him and no and he became the prime minister like you got to be kidding me like that why don't we learn this in school okay so anyways i'm i'm kind of getting ahead of myself because i want to finish quick with the history so we know um from the end of world war one all the way through the end of world war two uh britain was in control of palestine and then they made the section the mandated Palestine, and all hell broke loose. And finally, in 1947, British troops in Britain had had enough because they were getting blown up every day, and it was complete chaos. So they're like, we're done, we're out. They hand Palestine over to um, the U or. United Nations, and then the Israeli-Arab War started in 1948. Israel won. It became a state. And then the fighting never stopped. I mean, over 700,000 Palestinians were forced off their property, off their land, into either Gaza, uh, the West Bank, Jordan, Syria, and Lebanon. And the fighting continued. And then in 1967, there was another another war. What was it? The Six or Seven Day War? It's, it's irrelevant. But anyways, that's when they ended up taking even more land and 
ever since they have been occupying the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. And um, it's a, an illegal occupation under international law. Um, and that's when all the settlers started moving into the West Bank. So, you know, there, and now we're where we are today because these terror groups have now stopped fighting and nobody wants to talk about it. I mean, this is ridiculous, guys. I, I had no clue how Israel was founded, okay? I mean, it was founded by savages that murdered and assassinated people, and then they became prime ministers and got Nobel Peace Prizes. And I, I also want to know, I think this is a good time to point out, that all the leaders of Hamas, um, I mean, there's been a bunch, and then the current ones, they're all of them, every leader of Hamas was born on a refugee camp in the Gaza Strip. All of them. They all grew up in, as refugees. And Hamas didn't come to power until, what, 2000, was it 2007, I think, or 2006? Anyways, but they came to power because um, people had had enough with Arafat and the... Um, Palestinian liberation, um, and they just didn't think they were doing enough. And we know that Arafat wanted a secular solution to whatever it was. He wanted a secular solution. He didn't want, like, a religious-type doctrine that was going to govern the Palestinians. He just wanted it to be secular, which was really the smart thing to do, but that would never work for Israel because Israel is run by a far-right religious zealot government, okay? Religion is very much part of their government. And, I mean, we can discuss that. We're not going to discuss that because that's for a different podcast. But the thing is, that would never work for Israel, and that's why they helped fund Hamas, and they did. They allowed the Muslim Brotherhood, who created Hamas, to come into the Gaza Strip, Put in, ho not hotels, so put in universities where they then went and radicalized the students. And Israel helped fund this and allowed it to happen because that's good for Israel because then that gives you more people to fight. That, I mean, that's what it is, okay? Because as long as people are blowing themselves up in suicide missions and the jihad, then people will always side with Israel and the news won't have to talk about all the war crimes and the international laws that Israel is breaking every single day in the West Bank and in the Gaza Strip. And let's forget about Gaza for a second. We'll come back to Hamas. But in the West Bank, I, I didn't realize how, it's, how it works. Like it's, designed, it's sectioned off into section A, B, and C, C being the largest population, and it's mainly farmland and herders and you know, it's rural, okay? And technically, Israel kind of claims that land, even though it's still not true. It's, it's still an illegal occupation. Um, and then there's A and B. So let's say you're a Palestinian and you work in Section A, but you live in Section B. Um, first off, you need a work permit. You have to have a permit from the is Israeli government to even get a job. And then when you go to the job, if it's not in the section that you live in, you got to go through all these checkpoints. I mean, every day. Like, you got to wait. Here's a, I'll show you a picture. Here's a picture. These people wait in line like they're at Disney World, but they're in cages. 
Okay. And the IDF, the people that control these checkpoints, I mean, sometimes they just won't let people in because they're dicks, because they don't like them, because they don't like Palestinians, because they grew up with parents who had parents who fought these people and wars that's been going on for 75 years. Do you get it? I mean, you have the Israeli government who is occupying the Palestinians. They, they control every aspect of their lives and they they're basically oppressed and they beat them and they kill them and you know not 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 i wouldn't say the jewish people but the israeli government does the military does the police do and not everyone in the israeli government is like that but when you have this type of generational hate and divide this is what you get you get it on both sides so when you sit there and you say, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, that's somehow anti-Semitic, you're full of shit, okay? I'm sorry. The Palestinians should be allowed to say whatever the hell they want to about the Jewish people or the Israeli government. How about that? And you know what? The same goes for the Israeli people because, you know, they get blown up in fucking music festivals, okay? I mean, let's let's cut the shit, people, all right? People are allowed to be angry. People are allowed to use their voice. And you know what? Who, ca who cares if people chant, fuck the Jews? If you were Palestinian, you'd say, fuck the Jews, too. And you know what? If you were a Jew and you watch your loved one or your boyfriend or your girlfriend get fucking burned to death at a music festival, you'd probably say, fuck Hamas or fuck the Palestinians, too. Do you get it? That's how anger and pain works all right so anyways i'm getting really sick of everything that is going on and i didn't know you know israel will pay you to be like an israeli influencer oh yeah they have an app it's called the um hold on where's it at uh you can do i can do months long stuff on this it's called the uh Hasabra app, you can download it. And basically Hasabra just means, it's propaganda is really all it is. That's what it translates to. But you can download this app and you, it'll, I, I don't know how they pay you. I mean, they'll probably pay you with a free trip or something. I don't know. And don't think I'm anti-Semitic people, okay? Because I have fucked enough Jews that I deserve my birthright trip, all right? But anyways, that's beside the point. Um... You can download this app and it will uh, like you, you can get on social media and you can find stuff that you think is anti-Semitic and then you can attack these people or you can report them or what. And it's not it's just anything, anything criticizing the Israeli government is considered anti-Semitic under the new Holocaust anti-Semitic laws that I guess all the social media abides by now, which is bullshit i mean we criticize our own country all the time so we should be allowed to criticize israel especially if we're funding their uh genocide and that's exactly what it is folks it is a genocide i don't i don't know how else to put it it is a genocide live on tv and anyone who questions it anyone who says that they do not support or think it is okay to kill innocent women, children, and even men, you know, they're labeled anti-Semitic and whatever. It's bullshit, guys. I'm sorry. What you don't understand about Hamas 
And what's going on over there is besides the fact that they've been under a blockade for what, 16 years, they have a 50% unemployment rate. Um, they've lost all their farms. They, I mean, I think what is it? 70% of the, of Gazans are registered as refugees from 1948 and 1967. So you have this generational uh, thing going on in these refugee camps. And um, so there, there, there's no, there, there's no hope. I mean, they can't even, they, you're, you've, they've taken these people's right to self development. I honestly, they can't do anything. They can't even get a job. They can't have a business. Okay. It is ridiculous. And really, the only thing there is to do is join a terrorist organization. And why wouldn't you? I mean, all the people that caused you, your family to flee and go to these refugee camps, they were all terrorists. They were labeled terrorists by the United States government. And then they went on to become prime ministers and win Nobel Peace Prizes. So now you're on a refugee camp and everybody who is a leader of Hamas, were born in the refugee camps. Do you get it? Do you see a pattern? Do you see a pattern? This is what these children have to look up to. to. This is all they know, okay? And most of these kids have had their families killed and th they're orphans. And I found this. I found this today, guys. I'm sorry. Um, what is this guy's name? Okay, um, I should probably cite this, but I, it was a clip that I exported, so I don't have the original. I have it some. I mean, I do have it, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to show it. So this is this guy went in to interview Gaza and show. Yeah. It's all, it's all geared towards fighting and getting kids to join this army. And this has been going on for 16 years. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know if the sound's going to come up when I edit. Because, again, like, I'm not very tech savvy. I hate all this shit. I mean, I like podcasting. I like running my mouth. But I don't like having to set up and tear down and do all the editing, you know. But someone like Barry Weiss, you know, who was born into privilege, gets to do whatever the hell she wants. But people who, you know, work hard and this is this is how we fight. This is what we do. Anyways, it is it is such a great country, you know. But uh yeah. This is all they do. This is what and this has been going on for 16 years. And the Israeli government, the Saudi Arabia, the US, we have done nothing. We have done nothing to intervene. We have done nothing to reach out and try to talk to the leaders of Hamas. And that's what we should have been doing. I don't give a fuck that they're terrorists. I don't care that the leader of Hamas says, you know, Hamas will not rest until Israel doesn't exist. Whatever. What He has to say that because he works. He has to get money from Iran. Okay? He has to say that, dipshits. And you know that. Okay? It doesn't matter. Words don't fucking matter. But you know what matters is all these kids that are running around with guns and pretending to fight because that's all the only option they have. Okay? That, they're cut off from the world. They don't know about podcasting or Joe Rogan or soccer players or fuck I don't playboy I they probably they definitely don't get porn on their phones if they even do fucking have phones so I mean 
That's, this is fucking ridiculous. How the hell did something like this happen, okay? Because you know when you hear about all these casualties and the soldiers that they are fighting on the ground right now? It's the fucking kids. That's who they're fighting, okay? Yes, guys, they are fighting these 14, 15, 16-year-old boys because the whole entire Gaza City, like, all their billboards are these martyrs that have died, and most of their parents are martyrs, so they think they're going to fucking paradise. They don't know any better, okay? And this has been, these kids have been blocked off from the world for 16 years. So I'm sorry. I am fucking pissed off. Um, they've also been doing, and yes, this is me criticizing Hamas. Yes, okay. But you know what? America, Israel, Saudi, all these people, they're the adults in the fucking room that let this happen, okay? So that's where my anger is, not Akram Ibrahman or whatever. So these are the uh, defense forces. They're not. They're not front. They're not on the offensive. But they're being trained in high school weekly, fourteen through I don't know, probably eighteen. Um, they they learn how to fight and shoot and defend their their little quads that Israel is blowing up right now. It's these boys. So yeah, I'm fucking pissed. I mean, this is a genocide. It is a fucking state-sponsored genocide live on TV, and nobody gives a shit. But yet they think that's what, you're just going to flatten Gaza, right? You're going to kill thousands and thousands and thousands of young men and women and children. And then what, what are you going to do with the rest of the... I mean, you could kill a million, and you're still going to have a million and a half left over. So then what? What, you think they're... Uh, how are you going to rebuild their fucking little strip? Did you think about that? Are you just going to leave them to, like, live in tents some more? I mean, they've been living in tents for decades. I mean, what the hell are you going to do? You, you don't think Hamas is going to come back? You don't think they're going to redig the tunnels? They don't, they, they don't have anything else to do but dig the tunnels. They want to get some fucking potato chips and maybe an Xbox, okay? Because that's what they get when you join to fight Hamas. And then you get to go to paradise and fuck virgins. And they don't know any better. So, whatever. I'm pissed. Um, let's see. What else can I rant about? Um, yeah, I'm just mad that the media is silent on this. Completely silent. And then another... Oh, this is another thing that really pissed me off. Okay, I'm going to bring this video up. Okay. I... One of the leaders, uh, Mohammed uh, DF or Diaf... Um, means a visitor. He changed his name. Um, he's one of the leaders of the um, the military wing, and he's a triple amputee because Israel has tried to kill him like 12 times, but they have failed. So one, I want to know how many people, innocent lives, they have killed trying to kill this dude. And three, you got to watch this. Okay. So the IDF put on one of their websites or their YouTube channel. Why the hell does the fucking military even need a YouTube channel? Don't you think that, I mean, this is where we are. The, the militaries now have a YouTube channel that they put whatever they want out. I mean, I, I get that you might need a YouTube channel, but they put the attacks. Because, you know, Israeli, Israel, the Israeli government 
it's, you, you think China is a surveillance state? No, Israel's a surveillance state, okay? There's cameras everywhere. You can't do anything without Israel watching, okay? So they had all, pretty much all the attacks. Um, I don't think anyone should watch what they put out on YouTube because it's, I don't know how it was even allowed. It's fucking terrifying. Um, but... Uh, Anyway, so here's the guy. This is the Muhammad Def guy, or DF, or whatever, uh, that they can't kill. They've been trying to kill him for 16 years, and they can't. But they've blown off his leg, His he doesn't have a hand. I mean, he's base, and he's old. I mean, he's like Biden's age now. But check this out. He just, look at their operation, though, with the kids on the bikes, and then they all, it's, it's like Secret Service. There he is. Look at him. Look at him. He's on his, like, uh, crutches. That's him. That's the, one of the main leaders, um, Mohammed Diaf. He was born in a refugee camp in Gaza. He went to Gaza University where he started a comedy improv group. Yeah. I, so you got to read into this stuff, guys. Seriously. And then he does this. He pulls this operation off. And, did, okay. And, guys, did you see? I don't know if I had that video or not. I think I have it somewhere. Okay. Did you see the video that Hamas released of – um, them holding the babies. They were sitting around the table. And they were holding the babies and they were rocking the babies and the uh, strollers. And dude, seriously, got he he did that. He he did a comedy improv group in college. So he's probably like living in a cave somewhere, watching like Saturday Night Live, thinking, "Fuck, I could do better than this." I mean, because that was that set that that was hilarious. I mean, technically, it was more cunning probably from their standpoint but it was funny i mean it was like snl when snl was funny and i just think you have to give props for that i mean guys if the military if the idf can put the slaughter of innocent people on youtube for children to see then you know we can laugh about the the hamas uh daycare center little sketch you know anyway he was born in a fucking refugee camp okay what did you expect him to do anyways I, I thought that was funny that they can't catch him. And he has one leg. He has no, he's missing a hand. Yeah, it's just whatever. I, I'm just so disgusted by the world right now. It's not even, I don't know, guys. Um, let's see. What else? Who else did I want to talk about? There's uh, tons of people I wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah, well, okay. So we'll talk about, okay. So we know, like I said earlier, Israel is run by a far-right, religious, zealot government. I'm not lying, folks. And it, and it has been for a while. And it's, it's progressively gotten worse, you know, probably because there, there's terrorist attacks. And that tends to drive people to the extremes. Um, and also, I, and I also want to say, don't think I, I'm picking on Jewish people or the Israeli citizens. I'm not. They're victims, too. They shouldn't have to be punished or endure terror attacks for decades because, you know, the founders of their countries were terrorists um, and slaughtered innocent people and blew up buildings and assassinated leaders and, you know, then went on to, like, represent the country on the global stage. That's not their fault, okay? Um, but, okay, so... The stuff that they have done. Oh, my. They've bombed so many. They bombed, I don't know what year it was, the Kana massacre in Lebanon. They bombed a UN uh, refugee shelter. They, th this, is, this is what they do, guys. 
I, I don't know. Well, it's because it's all Soviet influence. I mean, think about it. If if the whole framework for starting your new country was based off of Soviet type governance, um, this is what you get. And it, that's and, and the vast majority of the first leaders and the Congress, a lot of them were communists. We don't talk about this. But anyways, um, oh, so we'll talk about the far right government. There is this Itamar Ben-Gavir. He is the national security minister. So he's in charge of the police. Um, he is an illegal settler. He was an illegal Israeli settler in the West Bank. Um, he was actually too radical to serve in the IDF, even though it's forced conscription. Uh, he has been arrested, I don't know, 15 or 16 times for inciting violence and racism. He actually used to be part of a terror organization. He was the youth uh, leader, the head of the youth department for this con group who were terrorists. They wanted to kill all the Palestinians and, the, and Arabs. Like they were just a horrible, horrible faction of I don't know the Israeli government that were that were eventually labeled a terrorist organization and he worked for them okay and while he's been arrested several times he's been convicted twice for inciting racism and violence and he used to be a lawyer and he represents a lot of the uh hilltop youth and a lot of the uh radical zealot whack job settlers in the West Bank that kill Palestinians and burn their houses down and steal their animals and fuck their sheep. And yeah, though, have you seen the Hilltop youth? Okay, they're fucking the Palestinian sheeps. Trust me, that's what they're doing. These people are sick. Any, uh, you can talk about the radical zealots, okay, that live up in the hills in the West Bank and, and they eat bugs. They were like... Uh, John the Baptist, which is why he got his damn head cut off, because he was crazy. Anyways, where else am I going with this? Um, oh, and then the the health minister, I forget his name. I didn't put his name in my notes. Um, I, I, ugh. Anyways, he's one of the radical zealots, and he wants separate uh, maternity wards for Palestinians and Jewish people. He doesn't want them to give birth in the same building the same ward uh and he was elected as the, the health minister i mean this stuff is, it's mind-blowing there's so many people in their kness i think is what it's called it's like their congress it's just a different name but there's so many that had these far-right ideologies that literally have been involved in settler violence have been arrested have been have set houses on fire palestinians homes on fire it's fucking nuts guys and we're not talking about this i mean I, i'm not saying it's right to commit a terrorist attack but you know it's not right to burn people's houses down either it's not right to call for all the death of all arabs I mean, that's wrong too and if those are the leaders in the israeli government and you know someone attacks you it's almost like uh, I'm not excusing it, but this is never going to stop. This is just going to keep happening because when you go in and you bomb the hell out of people, you're just going to get more terrorists because they don't have any other fucking options. And none of this is going to get any better until people start caring about all the poor little Mohammeds around the world that have nothing to do but sit around and pick the wings off of bugs, okay? I'm sorry. I'm just like... 
And then, um, okay, so Itamir Bingavir. Okay, so uh, fucking whack job. I mean, he looks like Chris Chris. Uh, I don't want to get in. Anyways. Um, okay, so we know. Okay, remember the Oslo Accords? Okay, which was a total bullshit deal for the Palestinians. But, I mean, both sides were pissed, okay? Both sides were pissed, all right? The Palestinians were mad, and you know what they did? They threw rocks. The Israelis were really fucking pissed, and you know what they did? They assassinated their prime minister. Yes, uh, Yitzhak Ravine. Remember that when they killed him? Um, but the day before they killed him, they have Itamir Ben-Gavir, when he was a teenager, uh, vandalizing his car. He was pulling the um, the Cadillac, what's it called? The hood cap or whatever off. And they have him on film. He's like, yeah, we got his car. And next is going to be you. And the next day he was assassinated. Now this guy is the head of the police. And he, it's just, it's a fucking mess. I mean, it is mind blowing what is going on. And then you want to talk about Mossad, which is basically like the KGB. Okay, let's, the, the Mossad is basically the KGB. Okay, it's set up the same way. Um, but Mossad has actually carried out more assassinations than any other like top secret CIA undercover organization in the world. Um, and they killed, this was recently, um, a lot, and a lot of their assassinations have actually been condemned by the international community. That's another trend. Pretty much everything Israel does is condemned by the international community, but yet there's no consequences. There's no consequences for actions. And they basically rely on foreign aid because the whack jobs in the West Bank, the zealots, I mean, they're too busy fucking sheep to work. And they have like 20 kids. And all they do is go around and harass Palestinians. But um, and I, that's not a lie. Like, I'm not making that shit up. That is true. Um, so Mossad, they took out this guy named Moshin. Mahabadadi, he's Persian. Well, he's a Iranian, so I'm assuming the language is Persian. I don't know what they speak over there. But anyways, um, he was the head of their um, uranium program. But not only that, he was also a college professor, like a very elite college professor. Uh, had won tons of awards, you know. So the state of Iran approached him to head the uranium program and he did like why would you turn down money it is so you should never fucking turn down money isn't that like the number one every jew that i've ever known they don't ever turn down money we can't turn down money come on anyways i'm so getting canceled but uh no the Mossad took him out he's not a criminal he's never made any type of threats to israel i mean iran is not gonna they even if they do get a nuclear weapon they're not going to use it okay live in reality people all right the only point of having a nuclear weapon is so nobody attacks you okay it's not so you can go and attack people but anyways so they Mossad took him out they assassinated him but they did it with uh, this is, and they kill, they kill so many, well, it's not like they just go in and assassinate one person. No, they kill the whole fucking family. They, they don't care who gets in the way. They will kill you. Okay. So, uh, he was driving to vacation with his wife and they killed him with a, uh, 
It was a remotely operated one-ton automatic gun that had been smuggled into Iran piece by piece before assembled. And it included a bomb so that after they shot him with this remote control gun, this one-ton gun, it would self-destruct. Like he's fucking inspect, like it's Inspector Gadget or something. The this was a remote controlled one ton gun because it had to penetrate a bulletproof vehicle, okay? And then after it killed him, itself it blew up, and it ended up killing three of his bodyguards. His wife survived, and I mean he was he was an uh, Irani citizen. I mean it would be like it would be like Mossad coming over here and killing Elon Musk. Because, yes, Elon Musk is an American citizen, and he does contract work with the government. Okay? That's what it would be equivalent to. And this was condemned by the entire international community. And there's all kinds of assassinations that they have done. And some are good. Some, they killed a lot of people from the Holocaust, and all that is good. But they've also killed people that were suspected of crimes. And in doing so, they've killed people's nieces and their wives and it's just sick guys and there's no there's no accountability at all so i'm pissed i know there's more stuff that i wanted to talk about i think it was maybe more in the west bank um i don't know guys but i, I just i just don't i i just can't believe that nobody is speaking up on the news. I don't know how reporters can't just fucking lose their shit when they're, you know, doing their broadcasts or whatever. I know it's live, but like if I had to sit there and say, oh, the the anti-Semitic whatever parades today, I, I, I think I would just lose it because these people are educated. They're not, I mean, they know what's going on. They know all this, a lot of this uh, calling protests and people having opinions anti-Semitic. They know it's not. I mean, it's just propaganda because they don't want to, um, they don't want the public opinion about the war on the Gazans to, you know, change. They, they want, they, they, they want us to want the war. Okay. And all this stuff about it, it being a, a, intelligence failure on the part of Israel is bullshit. I mean, first off, we know it's bullshit because it's already come out and Congress and American politicians have already stated that um, Egypt warned Israel three times and Israel said, no, 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 we're, we're focusing all of our, our attention and efforts in the West Bank. The West Bank isn't radical. I mean, I'm sure there's some radicals there. But the West Bank, that's Fatah, that's Yasser, Yasser Arafat. He always wanted the secular. No, 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 no. The West Bank is not Gaza. And, and it doesn't even make a difference because there are military patrols on that fence every day, multiple military patrols, and they shoot the farm. They shoot farmers all the time. We saw them. You can go watch the uh, Gazans March for Freedom where they killed all, they killed like 34 kids because the kid, little kids were too close to the fence and they shot and killed them. Okay, this is the Israeli government. This is the IDF. This is what they do. Okay, so there was no way it was an intelligence failure, failure because there, there's no, in no rational world and no real world scenario would you ever leave that fence unattended. 
with Hamas right next door. This wouldn't happen. No way. They had all of the IDF in the West Bank. It took them three hours to get back to uh, whatever region of Israel that is to defend the fence and get Hamas back into the fence. So, or back into Gaza. So, no, it wasn't an intelligence failure. The question is why? Why did they ignore it? How long were they aware of it? And we know they were aware of it for months because I found a video. How much am I in time? Okay. I found a video on Sky News where it shows the satellite images and all the training videos that Hamas had posted to their Telegram account. And uh, yeah, they knew. There's no, these, these training camps were huge. And they had trained for years. They even did the paragliding, um, the, the paragliding um, exercises. These were huge. I mean, there, there's no way this was a, a surprise. The, only, the question is, is why? Why did they ignore it? How long did they know? Who knew and who knew what? I mean, this, all these intelligence agencies, just like here in the United States, they work independently, okay? They're, they don't work always together. So you know, the CIA doesn't always know what the FBI is doing, and the Homeland Security may be aware of stuff that they don't tell the CIA. You know, there's all this different stuff going on. That's how intelligence works. And the question is, why would they ignore this? And it's well, docu or well documented that Mossad basically runs the Israeli operations. I mean, there's been former Mossad spies that have written books and have ba basically been like excommunicated from Israel for writing these books. And they say Mossad calls the shots when it comes to anything like this. So, I mean, if, yeah, Hamas is a terrorist organization and they need to go. Um, and if you want to take them out, I mean, you you would have to have global support. So why, if I mean, that's what I think. I, that's exactly what I think. I think they ignored the intelligence. I think they knew that they were planning a big attack, and they just let them do it so they could get global support for their genocide. That's exactly what I think. And, I mean, it's sick. This blockade has been going on for 16 years. You can't work. You can't get a job. There's no, you, there's no, they don't, it's not like you can import food. They, they've been living off of the uh, UNR. That's what I wanted to talk about. Hold on. But that, that's who's been supplying them food outside of like the Hamas fighters. You know, they get all their food smuggled in through the tunnels. Um, yeah, Israel totally ignored it because they didn't want the world to see what a mess they have helped create. They helped create Hamas. And instead of trying to do, you know, making it better through diplomacy and working with people and trying to work with the people in Hamas, you know, like, that's what they should have done. I'm sorry. They elected Hamas, which was a mistake. The P, the Palestinian Authority is much better. Um, but Hamas is what they got. And they needed to work with the leaders because everyone has a price. They could have paid the leaders off. They could have started, like, changing the propaganda and the brainwashing, and they didn't. They chose not to. They, Israel chose genocide, and it disgusts me. But that's what I wanted to talk about.
Okay, so when I was talking about earlier about all these refugees, okay, so there's hundreds and thousands, there's million, there's millions of Palestinian refugees all over the Middle East, like in Gaza, the West Bank, Jordan, although the ones that had went to Jordan refugee camps, they most of them are Jordanian citizens now. Um, and then there are, there were refugees in Syria and then in Lebanon. And a vast majority of the Syrian refugees have had to flee to Lebanon. And in Lebanon, there's like 11 or 12 refugee camps, okay? And here's the thing. Palestinian refugees are the only refugees on the planet that are not eligible for relocation. So that's another reason why all these countries won't let them in. It's because the United Nations is not allowed to um, resettle them anywhere else. And it's just a paperwork issue because the UN um, refugee resettlement people that's the, only, that's the only department within the UN that can, I forget what it's called, but that is the only the department that can um, resettle refugees. And um, when, the refu when Palestinians became refugees, they created a separate entire department just for the Palestinians, UNR, so it's the Relief and Works Agency, that who, that's who handles all the Palestinian refugees and they are not able to resettle anybody. So the, there, there's Palestinians that are just stuck, okay? They live and die in these refugee camps, okay? We have three or four generations growing up in refugee camps. And the ones in Lebanon are really bad because in Lebanon, they can't even apply for citizenship. It just doesn't work that way in Lebanon. And in Lebanon, there are like 100 different professions that are not available for refugees, any refugees. So the only work available to a lot of these refugees that have been living in Lebanon since 1948 are day labor stuff, okay? This, these refugee camps in Lebanon started out as tents, and now they are, I mean, they're cities within cities, and they're, they're armed. I mean, the, the uh, Palestinian liberation has been there since 48, different members, so they all have weapons, okay? And it's a good damn thing they have weapons because after the fucking shit show with Iraq and ISIS and ISIL and whatever else, uh, they, uh, some of the ISIS fighters ended up in the camp and they tried to kill the Palestinian liberation and the Palestinian liberation had to fight ISIS and the refugee camps. And sometimes Israel just be bored one day and they'll fucking bomb the refugee camps in Lebanon. They've done it like three or four times. They don't give a fuck. And I mean, here they are fighting ISIS and Al-Qaeda. I mean, it is so mind blowing. This is a refugee camp that started out with tents and now they have military grade weapons. I mean, what? I'm sorry. Like, if they're fighting our enemies, then they should get some type of amnesty. Like, that's just my opinion. But, I mean, it is. I'm so, so disgusted by it all when I got into um, researching it. But, yeah, you should go check out some of the um, refugee camps in Lebanon. Um, and there's, like, 12 12 of them and they can't leave they're not allowed to leave they can't get jobs there's doctors there's doctors and lawyers that were able to like get student visas to go get educated but they they they, they have to stay in lebanon because they are a refugee that's where they their parents fled in 1948 or in 1967 
but Lebanon, you're not allowed to hire foreign, you're not allowed to hire foreign doctors or immigrants to be a doctor or a lawyer or electrician or a teacher. So they're just day laborers or they sell drugs or they work for the PL or they, they make bombs, whatever, whatever they can do, you know? So anyways, that has been Comedy's Dead. And yeah, guys, we're being, we're being lied to a lot about what's going on in the West Bank. I mean, even the Christians, even the Christians are fed up with the occupation um, because they can't, they, they, can't, they need permits. They can't leave. It's, it's really, it's fucking wrong. It is wrong. It is wrong. It is an international failure. And I, I just, I, I had to get this off my chest before I could write, before I could fucking do anything funny again. I mean, I wanted to talk about Halloween and the weird food that my mom sends me. And, but I'll save that for next week or by, I'm going to do bi-weekly because I'm a mom and I got to work and I, I'm going to start doing, I, I'm going to start doing influence TikToks for, um, Palestine because I'm really pissed. I'm really fucking pissed at how these people are treated because I like, well, I, cause I like, I like dance. I like raves. I like techno. I like tech house. Um, and there's one, uh, Sam, Sama Abdelhadi is one of the greatest techno artists, DJs of all time. She's amazing. She's Palestinian. And whoo, anyways, and yeah, she can't even get a permit to work sometimes. Um, so you should check her guy. You should check her out. There's a lot of videos on the Palestinian underground. There's a lot of great hip hop, hip hop artists, um, DJs. It's not what you think, guys. It's to we're being lied to. Okay, so free Palestine, and please, will somebody please free Sama Abduhadi so she can be a DJ? This is ridiculous. I mean, the the hoops these people have to jump through just to work, just to have a dream, is shame on the international community, shame on America, shame on Israel. I mean, shame on certain people in the. Palestinian Authority. I mean, it's corrupt too. So just fucking shame on everybody. And it is ridiculous. But this this thing about is or about Palestinians not being able to apply for resettlement because of fucking paperwork error. It's just ridiculous. But anyways, that was my rant. So I am done and I'm going to bed because I have to work tomorrow. And I did this like Two hours ago, and I got to the end, and my phone, my phone was full. The I ran out of space, so I had to fix that. But anyways, like, follow, and subscribe, and uh, yeah, I'll see you guys soon.